sit on this. I have this one friend who's just like absolutely hilarious. Like, not like, like I don't know how to describe it. Like, he just, he's just ridiculous. Like, not very coherent in what he's saying, I guess is a polite way to put it. And we just wanted to like record him and like, without just, like, his knowledge. No, no, he knew. But he just, like, not, he, he couldn't yeah, string together, like, noise. an hour of, like, stand-up-ish, per se. So me and my roommate just kind of, like, you know, guided him along. And we got, like, two hours that I edited down to, like, 45 minutes. And it's some of, like, the funniest what shit. What did you like, do with the episode? Did you post it anywhere? I just shared it with our friends. It's, like, really vile. Like, it's all, like... That sounds funny. We can say some gross shit. <laughs> no, like, I mean, <laughs> listen, we could listen to it later, but, like... It's definitely not something I would publish. It's like <laughs> I think that's a fear like everybody has of like putting their self out there. They don't to people. Yeah. Well, I would put him out there. there. <laughs> I would put him out there, but like he, he definitely like his, I, he keeps himself together in the social world. But like his his true sense is self is right. Depraved and disgusting. Everyone's a little yeah. scared of who they really had, are um, and how people will receive that <laughs> once they know. We had this guy Lee on last week, and we thought he'd be awesome for promoting us because he has twenty thousand Twitter followers for some reason. Because he like says funny stuff on Twitter, and we we're like, oh my god, this is gonna be so good for marketing. And he just like wouldn't post it on Facebook because he didn't want people he didn't want, to because we were making like a bunch of rape jokes and stuff. He just like didn't want to do. Oh, word. So I think like my biggest fear is people I work with hearing it because I kind of shit on work sometimes. Yeah, and like talk how, about how I prefer not to work. Yeah, like I guess that's bad. They think I might quit. But, like, I don't care if, like, my family hears this. <laughs> I just quit my job, by the way. Oh, did, did you? you? Ooh. What are you going to yeah. do now? I don't know. What Friday was my last day, so. What were you doing? I was doing uh, sales slash account management for IBM. Okay. Um, it's cool. You actually are asking because you didn't know. Yeah. That's yeah, a cool no, company. So what led to, did, was it, like, uh, a, I quit? Quit or is it like uh, I'm not feeling this anymore? Yeah, well, I don't know what the difference between those two things. Well, like are. you didn't quit in like a haste of anger no, no, or anything. No, no. Like it was that. a while. So I've been working for IBM Watson, which is their like uh, artificial intelligence yeah, brand. Watson, so yeah, they hired me right out of college, and it was like cool stuff, like building up the brand, you know, really starting the products and the technology. But it just like I don't know. It's like an old school company trying to be like in the new school, and it's like. It's getting there, but it was at the expense of, you know, I felt my career. There was, like, a lot of turnover. My management was leaving. I My teams kept, like, changing missions every six months. So the first year was great. Second year was, like, up and down. And year three was just kind of, like, nothing. I, like, felt like I was, like, in the cracks of the company. Um, and I just was, like, you know, I didn't really develop much over the last year. Um, and, yeah, like, 25 isn't really a time to be plateauing. Yeah. So, and I was, like, yes. trying to look around. <laughs> I was, like, trying to look around while I had a job. But, like, the thing is, like, they make it so cushy for you there that, like, I wasn't really motivated. So I was, like, you, you know. Were, you were comfortable. I was, like, Sounds I like was apathetic, which is not a good place to yeah. be. So I was, like, you know what? I got the money to do it. You know, uh, I'll be better. Like, you know, I'll just be better motivated. I'll, I'll be better, more clear-minded. Yeah. So I just decided to leave. Everyone, fo- that was also the craziest part. When I started to tell, like, my mentors, advisors, like, everyone was just like, do it. Like, yeah. no, I thought some people would, like, resist. Your advisors you were like, you should be mad at you. Well, reason. yeah, not mad, but just be like, stick th- stick with it, like, it'll work right. out. Everyone's either like, I'm leaving, you should leave, or like, the main answer I got was like, yeah, like, I'm kind of just waiting a few more years in the cracks, and then I'll retire, and Sounds I'll be like... Sounds so miserable. Yeah, it was oh pretty... It was like, do you know what it was? <laughs> you watch Silicon Valley? Yeah. It was like, I was like, big-headed. 
You know okay. what I mean? When yeah. he just like goes to the roof. Oh, yeah. It's just like you, you're here. Fun, you can. <laughs> just like, and I did it for like a we're good gonna six pay you months. to do nothing. Yeah, and I was I did it for like a while, but yeah. then I'm like you know like at some point I've got to uh, you know. Yeah, I mean a couple things like when I left my first job for my current job, when I left I thought. When I told people I was leaving, I thought everyone was going to be pissed at me and be like, oh, how could you do this? Like, you're leaving us, whatever. But everyone was, like, really happy They're for They're just like, you. bye. We didn't even like you anyway. Well, no. They were all happy for me. They liked me so much that they were happy that for was me. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, that was what I felt like. But, like, the, um, the whole process of quitting or even, like, taking a new job isn't easy. And it's, like, there's a lot of, like, fear behind not knowing what you're going to do. So it sounds like you don't have anything lined up right now. But, like, did you just kind of make the decision because, oh, I feel comfortable I've saved enough and like I can get by for. Did you set like a certain amount of time to like take um, off? Or, I need to have a job. Like, what you, six do you months. have like a blueprint for where to go from here? Or are you just kind of figuring it out and you're fine with that? I mean, I'm I'm gonna put together a blueprint right now. I've got nothing. I'm definitely gonna just like chill out through the end of the year. Like the just hiring do, like, cycles. Some podcasts and shit for yeah, like yeah, I'll do some podcasts, <laughs> sabbatical, boarding. Yeah, I'll take a little sabbatical. Nice. Um, and then January I'll start to kick it into gear. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, like I. I want to stay in tech, I think. Yeah. So, you know, I could always slide back into sales or account management. But, you know, look at what else is out there. Because I I didn't really, like, experience much else during yeah, that time. Yeah. I mean, and like, on Monday, I'm meeting with some guy who does marketing for the NBA. Not, like, a job interview. Just, like, learn what his team's about. Thing, yeah. You know, so trying to line up as much of those as possible. Now that's cool. And that's completely fine, too. Like, I think that yeah. a lot of people, have, like, they stay in their job to get to a pension or retirement or just because they don't have anything else lined up. And like, we, I guess we mention it all the time, but it's fine yeah. to just not have a plan and leave. That's the thing I've written about the most on the blog, probably, is, like, the cost of sacrificing things where it's just, like, the... The end game here is not that cool. Like, I just want to have money so when I retire, I'll be satisfied and I can go on vacation when I'm 60. Like, do you, <laughs> is, that, is that really more important than just, like, doing whatever you want now? Yeah, that was kind of my logic. But, like, I guess the good thing is, is because, like, I operated for three years thinking about when I was 60. Like, now I actually do have a nice little, like, savings oh, account yeah. I could bounce off of. Uh-huh. I could live off of, so... Yeah. Well, no, this, listen. It's definitely the risk, like not the riskiest, because it's not. That, I can name you. Ri- I can give you riskier career yeah. paths risky, if you want to get into risky, it. <laughs> risky wasn't the right. Wasn't the right word. It's definitely the most Rodeo. like you know, <laughs> off the straight and narrow move I've ever pulled. Yeah. But like, I'm super comfortable with it. In fact, I'm happy to like do something that's against my natural nature because I've always been you know like on the straight and narrow like yeah. good student good kid good college do you watch Westworld liberating it, it was actually very liberating the yeah. feeling I got great feeling. when I told my manager I was quitting it was like the weirdest feeling it was so simple I just like had this realization this I remembered I was like oh yeah like I decide what I want to do mm-hmm. yeah like that was like, d- you you forget it's like this is a simple concept like I could choose what I want to do but like I didn't, I felt like IBM was telling me what I was gonna do, yeah. and then I told her I was leaving, and I, I hung up the phone. I was like, "Whoa!" Like, I just choose, you know, what I. want We were to talking do. about last, or maybe it was two weeks ago, about how people act like the Westworld robots that are on loops, and it's just like, you you mm-hmm. aren't actually programmed, but you kind of operate like you're programmed. Yeah. People just, this is what I'm supposed to do because that's all you know. Yeah. I think it's more of like kind of a millennial thing too. Oh, yeah. uh, Good time. I have another friend who just quit her job too, but she quit because she just didn't like it anymore. Like she'd been doing it for a while. I think she was like three or four years into it, and like her bosses were realizing she wasn't motivated, and she clearly didn't care about the work anymore. 
I think her boss sat her down and was like, what's going on? Like, do you need some time off to think? And she took it and was like, yeah, I'm just going to quit. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like people are more comfortable. Do? I think she's in PR. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I was like kind of where I was at. I'd been there since the day I graduated. And like the company is just, the, the mission statement has turned over like seven, eight, nine times. Like, and again, yeah. from the outside perspective, Watson's moving forward. I am fully convinced that in five, ten years, it will be the lo- leading like, you know, provider of artificial intelligence, like, tool sets to developers, but, again, I'm not... But, like, I'm yeah, not what does to, that do for yeah, you okay. anyway? Like, Who for cares? me, personally, and I'm down, I can't wait for it to succeed, I can't wait to be, like, I was an original employee. Like, I was an original employee, and, you know... Is that what you were kind of going on for a while? Like, in the future, when it blows up, you can be, I was here at the It's beginning. a good resume, too. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing. Exactly. Well, like, yeah, we just kept, like, every year's like, next year's the big year. Next year's the... And, like, every year was a little better. Like, I'm not trying to say you're shit-talking, because everyone, like, is... is no, 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 we, we, the, you fit in well here with this, with our theme of <laughs> shit-talking. This is, like, all we've been doing for the last two months. But, yeah, so, like, it just, you know, it never happened. The people in charge kept leaving, and new people came in, so then, like, all of my executive support kind of it cycled out, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck it." Well, yeah, you got other interests you want to explore too. Exactly. I mean, you don't want to. I don't want to be at one job my whole life. I don't want to yeah. be in one field. This is a stat I brought up before, but millennials on average will have like three different careers and like eight different jobs because we want we have other things to explore. And like yeah. I think the generation before us has like a bad perception of that because they were taught like you stick with something, you don't be a quitter, you don't flip flop, don't move around. But it's it's fine to just explore mm-hmm. other. Paths and it's more like fulfilling. It's not just about the money. It's about fulfilling your other interests and trying to find something that actually stimulates you. Or just the money can stimulate you if you do a job that's just, like Greg is doing DraftKings professionally. Yeah, that's, that's like awesome. his job. And I know that world, and it's like it. It's really cool if it's working. It seems to be working for him from talking to him. Yeah, he. He's um, pretty how well. many hours a week is he putting in? Probably not that many. No, no, no. He, the, he the lineup building is a lot. I guess it depends if you actually watch the games or not. Because you don't need he to. Watches is it over he's watches a also hours a week, though. No, probably not. Yeah. No way. Oh, but he also schedule. writes. He writes. Yeah. Well. So, so he's like, exploring yeah. a lot he's, of like, He's on interest. Twitter, like well, giving advice. Do you know how I found out that this is Greg's life now? What so, did you did you search for his advice on Twitter by no. accident or something? No. So. <laughs> Do you listen to I, the You know the website basketballmonster.com? That's yeah. where he worked. Yeah, of course. Come so on. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I mean, on. it was a rhetorical question. Uh, For the listeners, yeah, sure. I'm obsessed with that website. Like, of course. I it's the greatest thing ever. I started playing fantasy yeah. basketball a few years ago. I was able to win my league with, like, the jankiest lineups. Now I understand how you beat Ant in middle school. Right. This is what you do. You just use the other – you use actual statistics yeah. instead of just, I feel like this guy's good and it's I'm name brand. So anyway, yeah, I was, I've was i been able to manufacture some of, the, like, the most janky lineups to, like, win me. And I came in first and second the two years I've used it. Yeah. yeah but anyway, I was, like, I was, like, <laughs> on it one day and – I'm like like checking a player's like blog post or whatever and like it's responded by like G. Ehrenberg. Oh right, he like, right he works for the like, message board. Like, people. Yeah. Me? So I texted him <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, like, you know, Josh Lloyd asked me to write for them sometimes and I was like had like a like a like a Beatles fan screen. I was like, Ah Josh, <laughs> Josh. You know, but anyway, <laughs> then the other day, like I, earlier this season I would went on the site and all of a sudden there's like a whole section on the homepage like Greg Ehrenberg's Daily Fantasy oh, Podcast. Yeah, oh, really? Now, yeah. And I, I hit him up again. I was That's like, sweet. this is awesome. So, yeah, we... He has know. a lot of good insight about fantasy sports. He seems to know a lot I was, about the industry. I was doing um, DraftKings and FanDuel, I guess, 
not professionally, it was while I was working in my financial advisor job, but I was doing it on the side. And when DraftKings and FanDuel first started, like no one knew how to play. So you could just go on Basketball Monster and click like the optimize lineup button. Or I guess they didn't even have that button yet. You would just kind of need to click through. They gave you you optimize. They just showed you like the most... Like efficient players, efficient players for you kind of had to build it, but they had this tool you could click where it was like you put in six of your nine players and it would optimize the final three spots for you. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was so easy, and you would basically just say, build me the most optimal most lineup, and I'll just lineup. use that in every contest format, and then you just win, and you yeah. didn't have to do anything. Two, it was <laughs> so easy. Two years ago, I, pro- I did it for like the last three weeks of the season. I made like 200 bucks in like three weeks, and I didn't even put in any money. I put in like 30 bucks. Yeah, I guess I was putting in like... <laughs> like hundreds of dollars more than <laughs> yeah, more than that. I think my biggest win was four thousand in a night. Greg is definitely like uh, two or three times that I would think. Yeah. From from actual betting though, it's definitely way higher. I was trying to Dan and I were trying to come up with what our best day was betting was probably the Ohio State um, one of the Super winning, Bowls? winning the college championship two years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was because the Celtics also beat the Pelicans that day, and that was pretty The last, like, three <laughs> Super Bowls have all been really good. Yeah. Too. What happened when uh, you went to Vegas? Did you make money on that? When I actually... Like, when oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're paying oh. us out in the club. <laughs> so there was... I've been to Vegas four Did times. Vegas for a minute? I was, a, I was about to. I... I guess like that was a goal of ours. Yeah, we were we were trying. Oh, like were I was, too. I was just riding coattails. <laughs> I didn't do much work. I just reaped the benefits. I had like I had like a crew of friends where they. I basically just told them the picks, and either I would was share. The guy. A you were the guy. I was the guy. My name was the guy. Did you ever read that blog I had where it was like the guy says, and I just wrote out my picks? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wasn't that the <laughs> one I, where where uh, Zach Barron was like you had Zach, to, like like. Found out who you were, and you had to like cancel the blog because he was also your bookie. Or that something that sure. didn't happen with him, but he, yeah, there was another guy where he wouldn't pay me because he found out oh, I had a blog. Zim. That's Zim. yeah, <laughs> he um he is n- almost done paying me. We cut a deal where he didn't. He's not giving me as much as I. But like it was such bullshit the way. So I don't. I don't. I don't need to I get was into like, like in middle school when we first got into uh, sex Texas sports. Hold'em. Oh, no, oh we yeah, uh, Texas I used Hold'em. to play all the and time. And like, you owe me four hundred dollars, and so it was just like double or nothing on this hand. And like by eighth grade, people were like thousands of dollars in debt. And like throughout high school, they'd pay like ten dollars at a time. I, I won. Think Greg I won. Like Three thousand. Greg and I were playing a hand. We were playing one dollar, two dollar blinds, and I won five hundred dollars off him in a hand. And it was because. Like he was losing clearly. Like yeah. he knew he was gonna lose the hand, and it was like a twenty twenty dollar thing in the pot. And he's like, "I'll raise you to a hundred. I was like, that, "That's that's not a real amount of money." <laughs> and you just keep raising, <laughs> and then you could get to the point where you just raise to like thirty thousand dollars, and it's like, "Well, okay, now the hand just doesn't count." Like, what happens yeah. now? Yeah, I remember it like peaked one time at the uh, the ex- the Warren Expo. Everyone that's tried where to collect. Uh, and no one fucking paid any. Collecting dead off friends is always yeah. a weird thing, especially when you're it's 13 years old and it's like five thousand like, dollars. What are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah, I remember the most most of the memory of playing is in the bathrooms during bar mitzvah services when we would sneak out and just yeah. go play. Like that was just go play I, poker. In the bathroom. Poker. That's kind of weird. And also, on, I guess it was more on the bus on field trips than in the bus from the bar mitzvah. You're trying to hide it from your parents. We played here in my no, house also, but like we just wanted to play in the always. Services. Yeah. The only place to go uh, in the services where Manny yeah. the f- the maid wouldn't yell or whatever is <laughs> Manny. No, no, Manny that is. But what yeah. would you categorize him? Manny, as? Like the, the person who works at the temple. 
the Spanish guy who made sure everyone was extra Jewish. And make sure we didn't play poker in the bathroom. I feel like that was his job, just to prevent us He made us from sure everyone who was there was Jewish? No, no, no. He just, like, made sure we were, like... like I wouldn't be able to go to Bar Mitzvah? No, I think I've been to a Bar Mitzvah. No, he just would make sure you weren't, like, skipping out on the you service had, and stuff. You show, like, your ID to the bouncer at the club, he checks to make sure you got, like, Jew on You got to pull it on your pants, you're circumcised? Okay, go. Oh, okay, I'm good. No, 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 it's like, make sure we're acting <laughs> Jewish, like, participating. Um, um, you asked about the Vegas thing. Yeah, um, that's good. I yeah, I've been to Vegas four times. The first time I wasn't really betting, but the other three, um, the first time I think I was like even, and then the most recent time we did pretty bad, but not not like catastrophic. But it was it was no, bad. the Halloween week. The Halloween we did yeah, awful. We did awful except for betting on the Royals in every game against the Mets in the World Series that they won. Game. You were in Vegas for the Mets. Yeah, well, for you're fish. Oh well. Sorry, I mean we were happy the Royals horrible. won, but there was a different time the summer before that that we went and. I was like at my peak of betting, which was anywhere from fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars a baseball game, <laughs> and, and um, a game or a, a game, a game. And, and we, the way it was, all those great sports books, we're in the Cosmo. The Cosmo. Well, like, I'll tell you why the Cosmo is good. So the way I had it divvied up was I had like eight different bookies or something, and I'd have like a little bit with each, and then I bet obviously a lot with the Vegas casino because like why not? You're there. I mean, I know I'm gonna have to pay taxes on it, but like. You it's cool. You it's know cool you're going to get the money. That's also true. You know, yeah, that's an important, very important But it's point. only, you pay taxes only over what, like a certain Only like if you make over 10 grand in a year. So it actually didn't end up being a problem because yeah. I did poorly the Halloween trip. But um, we went, I'm trying to think of the record. It was something like 14 and 2 in the weekend. We were in Vegas betting that much per game. And, and everyone, because wow. you just hand out picks to all of us, and so, we were all putting, like, we won like so 500 bucks going. each. And we well, like, yeah, they, they had amazing. no input. So, um, yeah, we were there just was, blindly following. I was like, I'm going to put 50 to to $100 for each of you on every game that I right. bet. And then we all got drunk and went to this day club. And after the day club, I went to go pick up the money from the casino. And I came back to the room and was just handing hundreds to everyone. <laughs> yeah. They were like, why am I getting I this? remember, like, <laughs> the guy rung it up. It said, like, 10 grand on the list. <laughs> People were coming over and, like, looking at it. Which you think would be more, like, common in Vegas. I guess just not in the Cosmos. Not in the Cosmos. Well... And also, I feel like you probably didn't look like your normal high-stakes gambler. They were no, very we were drunk in bathing suits and neon tank tops <laughs> and just, like, screaming and shooting each other with fake finger guns. <laughs> we were just having a party. We looked like dumb fucking college kids, and they were like, okay, sure, bet as much as you want. And they thought we were going to lose. Idiots. But we um, took them. But the, the reason... Well, I guess this is the easiest way to bet, even if you don't actually know... You don't need, like, a formula or anything for certain types of bets, because... It works more for basketball, but I'll, I'll explain why it works for baseball, too. There was one game we were in the Cosmo, and, like, I'm getting Roto World tweets, like, uh, alerts on my phone and baseball monster, basketball monster. Like, you have to get the injury news. And the casinos that you're standing in update slower than the, the, the injury news comes yeah. in. So I got an update, like, Mike Trout and Albert Pools are sitting out for the Angels today. Like, Okay, the probability of them winning just dropped from from by like twenty percent. The odds don't reflect. So I just throw like a few grand on the other team, and then you watch the board after you bet, and it's it's like two three minutes have gone by, nothing's changed, and all of a sudden it just like shoots down. Like the odds go from Angels minus one seventy to like Angels minus one ten, and it's like wow, I just got sixty cents of value, which basically is like. Minus 170 is they have about a 63, 64% chance to win. Minus 110, it's like 50-50. Yeah. It's like a big, like almost 20 percentage points. So. T.Y. Sorry. It no, should be cool. known that we're watching. Uh, it should be known we're watching. There's football on in the background. 
It should be known that all this sports talk. We're watching I'm, sports games. I'm literally <laughs> facing away from the TV because there I are don't sports care games anymore. on the television I today. Even the right receiver. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's okay. So yeah, uh, Brandon, you still play fantasy football, but Sturm and I do not. Where you're, you were in one league this year, right? But you're getting out I'm, for good. Yeah, I kind of was. I mean, I stopped playing, and the managers just started setting my lineup for me because I was so apathetic. Mm. Yeah, it felt great. Let me tell you, Shout it's like quitting managers. a job. You just, uh, <laughs> yeah, you just quit your fantasy league. It's one of the best feelings. It was an obligation there. that I no longer felt compelled to fill. <laughs> it, um, I guess the the first reason why I stopped liking fantasy is because of gambling. Where I the I guess that made me not like my teams first because it's like everything is an investment in all the sports fun. games. Gambling was better than fantasy. Because like, like, you can put 100 bucks on one game, pay that out today, rather than paying 20 bucks to go a whole right. fucking season. Right, it didn't seem worth it. <laughs> yeah. But also, fantasy football is so random, and just the, convers- the conversations surrounding it are just so frustrating. I also think just knowing things about um, statistics and probability at all make you start to like the decisions that people make, which wide receiver four should I start in my flex spot? Like this guy's projected seven points. This guy's projected seven points. Ooh, you don't be analyze the match. You don't have to think about just flip a fucking coin. Like yeah. it does not matter in hindsight. You're going to be like, I should have started. Who are the, who are the, the wide receiver? Give me some generic wide receiver fours. Do you have any off the top? Philip Dorsett or Steve Corey Smith. Coleman and yeah, I don't know. Steve no. Smith. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's fine. I just saw them both Donald Driver or something. <laughs> That's <laughs> that guy, that tight end for the Packers just rushed for a touchdown. I thought it was Donald Driver getting a carry. I was like, oh, he's back, playing yeah. running back these days. Yeah. So the Ravens actually didn't go for two before. No. Oh, God damn. Yeah, that, so that's the other problem. Um, football, just the people that make the decisions for football teams are just so much dumber than they should be. I was thinking about how... Is there football guys? Right, that's the problem. Football is by far the most you complex part sport. Of my take? You I have a couple times. I, would I though? I don't know. I would I? I feel like they, they just they they're don't they sort of just have funny takes on generic sports commentary? Yeah, they're they're like they're almost like satirical. What is this? They're like Barstool's podcast. Oh. They're like satires of like sports. Analysts. We tried to do okay. that. We tried to do a we pod did, that was yeah. kind of like that, and we, we had one two like years it. ago. Like, that like was they'll, they'll be making their bet, the, their picks, and the, the guy will be like, you know, my first pick is uh, Tampa because Jameis threw four touchdowns last week. So you know, I'm always in that recency bias. So uh, Tampa oh, okay. by four touchdowns. Like, okay. he's, you he's said so recency funny. bias, so I like it already. Oh, that's like his theme. <laughs> like I don't know which one it is. I think it's Big Cat. Like his, uh-huh. his theme is that. He only could succumb to the recency bias, so he makes all of his projections based on that. It's the great. funny thing is, is that actually is what everyone is doing in reality. Like they all are succumbing to recency hot. bias all the time. It's. I think I would like that. That does sound it's fun. really funny. I mean, we're sitting here watching Red Zone, and if the teams didn't wear different uniforms, I wouldn't know the differences in the games because, like, you mean no when they reason. switch channels, you don't know that yeah, it's a new game. It's like, on? I don't, that's it's like the same thing happening over and over and over. So wait, again. do you are you just over football? Or are you over all sports? Yeah, football, but ah, some other sports. sports. Football sucks though. Like the NFL is so not. Oh right! This no, that, no. like I don't it's know. Not say. It's not no, no. As good as it used this to is be. the big problem because football is by far the most complex sport. I mean, think about what hockey is. You're just trying to 
there's not much to it. You're trying to get the puck into the net. There's some rules, but like you gotta like zone yourself right. Yeah, and basketball. Like people can understand basketball. Like you're not gonna not know what basketball is. Baseball also like you hit the ball and run around the bases. Like it's not that. Baseball's a little more. It's a little more nuanced, but football. The players literally have different rules for each position. Yeah. Like, you can't throw to some of the guys. Some of them are allowed to cross over. They can hit each other in certain spots, but, like, the other ones can't. Yeah. Like, if you're a casual observer of just TV and, like, you can, oh, I get basketball. They're trying to get in the hoop. Football, <laughs> you don't really know, like, what are they trying to do? Yeah. You can't really tell. Yet, because it's such, like, a macho, jock, like, cool guy sport, all the people that make the decisions and talk about it have no idea about any of this stuff. Yeah, and like when I watch it, I like wonder what are people like watching this for? Are they watching to see people get fucked up and hit and concussed? So they watching to see a guy throw a ball and another guy well, catch I it? I think when football's at its best is that it it is exact it's both of those things. It's like the most savage interactions, but like underneath it all is like savvy play calling. The quarterback has to keep his composure. The running back has yeah. to keep his composure. So it was like the dichotomy of like savagery and like finesse. So that's when I think football was like beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now it's just kind of like now they just throw awkward. a flag anytime any of that it's savagery about statistics. happens. You like to think about statistics. It's like well, pass interference. The one of the, the single worst penalty in any sport. Or rule. The single worst judged rule in I think, sport. Yeah, I, it's so subjective if and it has such if, a large there impact. there's a 5% yeah. chance that you could get a penalty, that the penalty result is you just move as far as you threw the ball, why wouldn't you just throw the ball every time as far as you can? Try to get the pass interference and then just move 80 yards if you get the pass interference. Yeah. No, it, it's true. It's like thing like that is why the NFL, like, you can't, you can't make it a 15-yard penalty. Like, change the rule. Like, it's clearly yeah. broken. The NFL is too tangled up inside. They're so conservative with their rule changes, too. They're so just, yeah. They're, well, they're changing all the rules to make it more passer-friendly the last couple of years, right? Well, they're yeah. just trying to make it safer. They're trying to make it safer, but that also makes it more exciting. No, that's the big, that's the big lie. They're it's not to, safer. They, they want it to be. Fuck about no, no, no. It, it, it's that, no. They're trying to make it safer. They have to. Mm-hmm. But the big lie is that by making it more quarterback-heavy... They're trying to make it safer. Those are two Those are actually, independent things. I think they're completely incompatible. There were not as many injuries before passing. Like, the big collisions come from the speed and the open space and everything. If you just did a handoff off the middle every time, the, no one would get the hurt. Reason, the reason they, they made it a more passer-friendly league is because Tom Brady tears his ACL and the NFL loses $50 million. Yeah. You know, LeGarrette Blunt gets, gets his fourth concussion, the NFL loses $5,000. Or it gains money. Like, no one yeah, Exactly. I'm <laughs> basically saying it's, it's People it's like that. Point. Yeah. It's all monetary. That's why so I hate the NFL, too, because they're all monetary. You can't have these quarterbacks getting hurt, but by protecting them, you've now deteriorated the quality of the game. Yeah, that's yeah. the quarterbacks are everything. There's also now only one style of team that can really win it. Like, I know the Broncos just won doing something different, but, like, no. that was a freak team. I don't know. It's... It's not. I don't think that's necessarily true. It's just um, it's easy. It's much easier to win with a good quarterback. Like that matters so much more than any other position. There aren't that many good quarterbacks. There no. aren't as many good quarterbacks as there are teams. In the exactly. Yeah. And I guess the thing with fantasy also that kind of ties into this is um, the perception of what players are good because you can you can sort of tell what quarterbacks are good just by their generic stats like passing yards and completion percentage and touchdowns and interceptions and whatever because. I mean, this isn't 
it's it's intuitive, but it also is like proven statistically that quarterbacks their production is more reliant on themselves than other positions. Mm-hmm. Like a running back is dependent on the offensive line. Yeah. The quarterback is not nearly as dependent on the skill players and the offensive line. Just like as a matter of, I think everyone's pretty dependent whatever. upon the offensive line. Yes, but yeah. different <laughs> degrees. Different degrees. Offensive line is more important than people realize. But like quarterback sacks are more predicted by the quarterback himself than the offensive line. But a running back success is more predicted by the offensive line than the running back. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter that much who the running back is. It matters more who the linemen are. Yeah. The quarterback matters the most, though. I used to do um, – do you know Football Outsiders? I know you've mm-hmm. at least heard of them. Yeah, um, I used to do this thing called game charting for them. I did it for one season just voluntarily. Um, and what you do is you watch game film and you, you chart – all the where everyone is on the field. So you'd say like the defensive alignment was a four three. They had four defensive linemen. They had three linebackers. There were three corners and one safety or two corners, two safeties, whatever it is. And you actually write all this stuff down. The offense was in I formation. There were three receivers on the right. Yeah. And then you actually write this down. The play starts and you say, okay, now four people were blitzing. Everyone else dropped back. Wait, you this for every game. I, you, I'm like falling asleep right here. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you that is you went into that much detail. I did it. Um. They had like sixteen volunteers, and each person would do one game a week. And I did it. I did it for three or four weeks. Six hour endeavor per game. It was like four. I did it three or four times, and then I stopped. But what I realized is there is so much more happening on the TV than what is actually captured on the TV. You can only see the condensed part where the quarterback and the line is, and then when the camera cuts to the receiver part, you don't know where anyone else is anymore. And people are like, "Oh, I know that guy's good. I saw him do this." But it, you don't. They're not even on. They're not even in frame. You can't actually watch football and determine who's good with your eyes. You like it's not possible. You need all the angles. Like the game film must be insane that the coaches have to watch to even just have like some small understanding of what's going on. That's why Bill Belichick's like a lonely old troll. <laughs> he I, just I'm, sits in his baby's no, like, dungeon and sure watches. His wife left film. him because he was addicted to watching film, which like I totally get. Didn't he marry someone like way younger and way hotter? <laughs> Maybe, but I, again, like I can't imagine he ever gets around to like having sex with her. Right. He's just like if watching you're a film and eating <laughs> How does Coach Taylor do it? Think he about just, how many he hours, has time for everything. How many hours a week are football coaches putting in? Like clearly over a hundred probably. Yeah, they, uh-huh. They're some of the hardest working people in the country. Well, that justifies their pay, but the players just work out and act like idiots the whole time, (laughs) and they get paid way more. Yeah, they do whatever the hell they want as long as they, I don't know, as long as there's a perception that they're good. They get paid to, like, party and drink and drive and work right, so out. so let's, let's throw out a topic. <laughs> let's throw out a thesis. Let's, let's... You want to you summarize this part? Let me see. Let's focus our, uh, our discussion. Our discussion. So that was pretty focused, I think, why football is, like, no one gets the complexity I think complexity is the biggest problem but here's, with, with okay, the but whole, like, no one wants to think about this. This is the question like, we didn't answer. Yeah. And it's like the, the classic, like, you know, uh, what is it, MAGA, like, make America great again. Sure, kind of yeah. Thing. It's like, football was great. There's no denying. And me, I don't know, like, we were also 12. I was like, gonna say, I'm not sure. Do you really <laughs> think it was because we were 12? I kind of do. But, like, the ratings indicate that it was way better back no, then. No, no, that's also true. Like, and my dad would say the same thing, and he wasn't 12. Some of it's biased, but well, yeah. I, I like the point you made the other day where you said, like, we've, growing up, like, 
football so available nowadays that we've all watched mm. like 30 years worth of sports in like 10 years. That and, like, our, was my parents game. before us loved it so much because they just watched like one game all the time. Yeah, the, but we've all consumed so much that like we're all kind of over. Yeah, it. like it's actually you probably like I probably watched more football than my grandpa has. Our exposure oh, to yeah, our exposure everything. to everything is so much more than previous generations. So like we can get sick of that's a why sport. We, that's why we get bored of things. Yeah, we've right. watched an entire lifetime's worth of football, like. In the last year, probably. That's actually a very good point. Like, when I was really into fantasy and I was literally watching, I would go to my friend's house and we would have Red Zone on one TV, the Jets game on the other TV, and then we'd switch to, like, the other, like, primetime game mm-hmm. on that TV. That's, like, eight football games a day. <laughs> yeah. You just overconsumed. That's That means in two weeks I watched a full Jet season. If I was watching yeah. eight games a week, in two weeks I watched a full Jet season. Right, and then That's you realize insane. after a while, like, okay, enough. When is it going to get, when is yeah. it, like, it's the same. Like, sometimes <laughs> after I eat an entire bottle of hot sauce, I'm like, oh, I want a different kind of hot sauce. So <laughs> I want to watch buy a, di- a different so, hot sauce. So That's an interesting theory. That's actually <laughs> a very interesting theory that I'm, I've been trying to solve it. You know, is it the rules? Is it, um... You know, is it the the, the injuries? I think it's is over it diluted the, too. It's like the, it's all of it's all of those things. It also might just be as simple as like I've seen everything I'm gonna see. Right. Like what would really shock you if it happened? There's nothing like the that happens in the World the Series that was that would shock you. Yeah. yeah, but like the Jets, you, the Jets fans are so annoying. You guys made two AFC Championship games in a row, and it's like we've never been good before. <laughs> like you guys are good a lot. We've never been and good. How that was only like four and five years ago that the Jets were in the AFC. Championship no, game. We've never been good before. Okay, fine. Cleveland, it's good. It's good on recency bias. You guys, you guys have two Super Bowls when you were the Cubs won the World Series. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Anything can happen. Wait, hold on. You're you're doing you. That's I'm a Giants fan. Yeah, I'm not that. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I mean you people. I'm not. I'm not a Giants. You fan. were when they won. You asshole. I actually. I turned. That out. makes you even more of a dick because you won, and, <laughs> and then, then you're like, like oh, this is a very common reaction. Yeah, it is. Well, in 2007, I was. A big Giants fan, but the second Super Bowl, my whole family had tickets, and I just didn't want to go like, with them. Like, oh, I, I, I won the two greatest Super Bowls of all time. I won. No wonder I'm apathetic. Like, I think that's another thing too. <laughs> it's like, me. I've seen that. Like, what's left <laughs> yeah. to cheer for? I've already seen my team like, do the thing you're supposed yeah, to do. It's twice. so sad that we already saw all the glory already. It's like well, you, at least you have something to live for <laughs> now. now. I can use my time for other things. <laughs> it is true. When the Mets win the World Series, I started to get really anxious because you know I I have this belief that I still think is true that when the Mets win the World Series. I will sprout angel wings and I will make a lap around Manhattan from 40,000 feet up waving to all the other Mets fans. And when the Mets were in the World Series, I, I started thinking, like, maybe that isn't going to happen. And I was like, nah, that'll definitely still happen. But, like, what if it doesn't happen? You're sad you won't be as excited as you used to think. What if, no, what if, You'll definitely be excited if they win, but then what do you do after that? Yeah, like, what, what happens the day after? Like, when do I stop that's, cheering? Like, that's the thing. You go scary. back to your you fucking nine-to-five job. And you, you fucking, yeah. Oh, know. member of the World Series? Um, like, do you, like, that's why I actually understand why Yankees fans are just kind of, like, over it. When, uh-huh. Like, I, I, catch I gave up on the Yankees also because of that. That was a really good that. catch. But, yeah, exactly. I think that plays into our apathy a lot, too, is that we liked the Yankees and the Giants. We <laughs> saw both of those teams do the thing that we cheer for a couple times. We each. got everything we ever wanted. And now it's like, sports. okay, well, they didn't win. Well, they did before, so I know yeah. what good feels like. But also, the amount of the amount of energy we put 
into cheering for like a random Rockies game in August is more than any that was more fun or Giants game I ever watched. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, that was enough rooting. I like guess. if you bet on sports, you're gonna get a glorious like a, a, just an amazing thing happen to you all the time if you bet on that many games. Yeah, and then you just get sick of cheering for stuff. It's yeah, but I guess maybe don't look at it as a positive. At least it's like not a negative. Like I'm still. I'm still waiting for that first championship. It's almost like, you know, like a relay race? We're like, let's say you're doing a relay race, and we all do, like, right. obstacles one through three equally, and, like, obstacle four is, like, pick up, you know, these blueberries with chopsticks and put ten of them in a cup. Ooh, sure, and, that's like, hard. I and, like, choose that one. Like, and, can like, I eat the blueberries? And it was, like, you two, or no, let, let's <laughs> let's put Matt on the hot seat. You know, we do it real fast. Right. And, Matt, you're still trying to do the blueberries, and we're, like, Miles past it's, you. Pick up the fucking blueberry. That feeling of like anxiousness, like okay, like I get it, it's stupid. But just anyone who anyone who's been to college knows this. It's the flip cup. You're the last yes, guy. Exactly. Yeah, fucking That's flip the, the cup. Yeah. yeah. It just like I, I get it. Like I want to be apathetic. Like I'm just tired of being fucking miserable about like my team's. But do you win. kind of enjoy the misery too? Then you kind of say I do. I do. It's, I, yeah. I've noticed that. It gives that. you something to cheer for and something to, like care about. It keeps you invested. It sounds like, and it is something like the misery the is Mets kind fans, of what feels good. The, my, my tight group of Mets fans. Like the passion that they all have for the Mets now that like we're up and coming is like it's awesome. Like if that's better than the Mets being good themselves is like that everyone just like yeah. talking. That's about what I'm it saying. Constantly. It's better for you that your team hasn't won yet. Yeah, we have a friend who just likes potential over actual results. So like that's I remember Gary like yeah. when he tra- he <laughs> trades like players. He tr- he traded Des Bryant for Michael Floyd three years ago just because like, like up Michael just Floyd <laughs> could be as good as Des Bryant, and I was like Des Bryant is already as good as. It's just like I he just wants to cheer for potential rather than like. <laughs> qualified results. <laughs> I want someone who might become what I already have. It's like the family so I can wants say in the box I knew. thing. Yeah. Like, do you remember the mystery box oh, scene? The mystery box could be anything. It could even be. It can even be. It like, you either get the boat. boat yeah. or the, yeah. A boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. Exactly. That's how people think. That's Raga. That's, that's our friend Raga. <laughs> He's like the mystery box. <laughs> Oh man, yes, you Mets fans get to have the mystery box all the time. So that's very interesting. So we we think that football's not as good as it used to be because we're just over it. No, but it also it's a little worse. But yeah, it, it also just we've realized it's a dumb sport. It's not entertaining to me because right? there's so many commercial breaks. I guess not with Red Zone, but the plays don't really change that much. And even when Odell made that really cool catch right there, I was like, okay, that was a cool catch. But like, what else? Is going on? Like, I like watching you know, you basketball. You guys should get into totally just like unrelated. Sure. Soccer. Soccer. You is love soccer. So much. But I don't fun. like soccer. Like playing it or watching it? Watching it. But I, then watching it got me into playing it, and now I yeah. play like intramurals, but that's regardless. Irregardless, I mean. That's watching it is <laughs> pretty <beautiful>. boring, <laughs> if I remember. Yeah. Well, we, we bet on soccer a lot. But when if we you were understand, I don't know how you bet on soccer because the score lines are so. It's just it's money small. lines. It's just probability of winning and money lines. Yeah, we root for ties. Root for ties. That's what I'm saying. I feel like gambling on its stuff, but like <laughs> we root for ties. The cool thing about soccer is like the the meta story, like the overarching story is just like. I guess really there, there's a lot more um, fandom. There's a lot more like passion with the teams. I guess because it's like your city. Like, you're a Knicks fan. You're not representing New York because, like, the Nets – like, maybe that's not the best example. But, like, Yankees-Mets, like, neither of those teams owns New York. They're both here. I yeah. guess soccer, it's like your city is the team. Yeah. Kind of like every soccer Another team is I'm, from Cleveland. I'm kind of picking up on here, too, is, like, Brandon seems to enjoy the narrative of sports. I love really the narrative. I we kind of just became – We became very robotic <laughs> and ignored the narrative to be – 
you know, proficient in our gambling. Right. Which That's took how you gamble. Narrative. You ignore the narrative. You ignore the narrative because yes. that really has nothing to do with it. But when you're a fan, the narrative is everything, really. So that could be another reason why we don't. Yeah, that's anymore. interesting. Because yeah, I never first because you're creating a, a story fan, out of everything. As here. big of a sports fan as I am, that's what you want. I, I never really gambled in my life outside of fantasy. Yeah. So like, yeah, exactly. It almost becomes like a TV show. Like, there's no mm-hmm. difference between what I'm watching on HBO and what I'm watching. You're following on the, the plot lines of the season. That's why everyone watched the Cubs win the World Series yeah. last year because the narrative of the city winning was so powerful. <laughs> but that's also romantic. why... <laughs> he is so romantic. <laughs> that's also why um, it's really hard for teams to embrace statistics and, like, actual intelligence because sports are they're just... Caught up in they're the just a story. They're just, like, a movie for people. So, like, if we start talking about DVOA and, like, wins above replacement and shit, people are like, I don't like, I don't like well, it. It's not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. but, but then there's also, there's also a trade-off to that because it's like, okay, so the statistics tell me get rid of this... You know, player who's been on my team, fan favorite for 10 years, and get this, you know, replacement level player, and I'll gain two more wins. Yeah. You know, but unless those two more wins win me a championship, is it worth it to lose the fan favorite? Right, but you can't. It's all hindsight to say if the two wins won you the championship because no no individual variable is responsible for the whole result that like no matter what it is I mean even if, if you can make your team better you should do it right even if the Mets traded their worst player in A ball for Mike Trout and then they won the World Series you couldn't just attribute it to that I mean it would be the biggest reason but like it would still be less than fifty percent of the reason. It's just one variable that's, like, really important. But, but Mike Trout's only is, worth, like, nine wins or something. I mean, that's a but lot. By but by keeping the popular player, you're making more money, too. Like, you can have is a shitty team true, and popular though? players. I, I mean, you're getting you're selling more tickets because people want to come see these guys yes. rather fans, than if you're winning and, like, not selling tickets. Do fans really care about loyalty? I don't know. This kind of – this translates to UFC. Like, this is the one – my favorite sport. Uh, they – there's, like, a big problem going on where they're not putting, like, the most deserving people in title fights. They put who's going to get the best ratings. They're just putting the biggest names who's going to get the big, biggest ratings. And are they not deserving? How can you, like, rate deservingness, really, when they're making, like, a fuck ton of money on this one guy, whereas the guy who won his way into the fight isn't going to make them any money? So, I mean, it's not, like, a championship, as much of a, like, championship team-related thing, but it's still, they make the money fights because they want to be prosperous. Right. I guess... Sports are a business. UFC's transparent about that, at least. Yeah. More than other sports, anyway. Right. I I feel like other sports should be transparent about it. Like, why are you lying to us? Like, we all get it. It's about fucking money. Yeah. Especially the NFL. Especially with the NFL got the, everything they do. I think there's no one problem with the NFL. I think it's almost like a, It's very flawed. It's almost business. like a religious thing where it's like you can never really put your finger on it, but you just got to trust if you do good things, good things will happen to you. I guess the we, NFL can, we can totally made, debunk that if you, if you wanted. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think we're going to be able to identify... If you're telling me that you could debunk religion with statistics, I'm going to fucking jump out the window. We can try. Ooh, we can. Uh, <laughs> that sounds no, but fun. I'm, I'm trying to summarize, like, you but know, no I don't windows think in this room we can find, uh, statistically maybe not, but we'll see. Um, I, I don't think we'll be able to find, like, a reason the NFL is worse than it used to be. I think it's that they, for a long time, have been making not altruistic decisions, not decisions in the in for the benefit of their fans and their players, and now it's just, like, too tangled. Well, yeah, I it's think too that, tangled, another yeah. thing is, too, people are realizing how scummy the people running the league are. Like, no one likes Roger Goodell. Like, I don't think, if you yeah, surveyed 100 crazy. people, would any of them like no. Roger Goodell? The owners love him because he makes them money, 
But then there's also, like, he doesn't, like, the whole Ray Rice thing, he punished him, he didn't punish him, he didn't care about domestic violence until people told him to care about domestic His violence. His best players, like, do post-games just ripping on him. It's like, right. that, that's insane. That doesn't happen in any other sport these, at all. Yeah, but no, these players are, like, beating the shit out of their wives, they're driving around drunk, they're doing all these drugs, and they're just covering it all up and still making millions of dollars. And I feel like people are realizing that more and more. And yeah. So that's part of the reason why I don't like this. Right, thing. that's another factor is that things are more transparent in general now. And they're, tra- they're acting like they are. If, whereas if they just owned up to it, and said, like, yeah, this is a problem. We do actually care about it. But, like, no, they only care about things when it's in their business interest to care about things. I do think all this stuff, though, they're all just additional compounding factors on top of the the core problem, which is that football is a complex sport played and managed by... just not complex people whatsoever. Wow. That's something that I've never that seen before. That was pretty cool. just returned a punt. Odell just went, like, <laughs> that was really cool. Zigzagged across the field four times for a t- I mean, there's going to be ten flags. I was watching, I was like, Odell returns punts? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's definitely cool. like ten penalties. We'll see if that stands. was awesome. Oh, penalty. Yeah, I guess more penalties also just Yeah, penalties slow the game down. That's the other, I like basketball because you can go to a basketball game and know you're going to be in and out two, two and a half it's, hours. It's a shorter game. Yeah, I can sit down watch Maryland play. It's going to be over it's within another two reason hours. I like soccer is that you know how right, long the game is. Right, exactly. Yeah. 105 minutes. I also like ties. They're very fair. Yeah. It's, games should end in ties. But the NFL just fucking goes on and on and on. we got to get this fucking yeah. sponsor worked in here. we well, got to have the field goal prevented by... State Farm and like <laughs> there's nothing better the than Bud Light play of the game. There's nothing better than this is actually what drives me crazy. Fourth down commercial kickoff commercial. Yeah, like that sequence of events is so insane. Yeah, that's right. where you just watch a different like, game. Wow, I'm so happy we came back to watch that fucking fair catch kickoff. <laughs> like, thank God. Yeah. We referenced when we were in college, we used to sit on the couch and watch the one o'clock games and the four o'clock games, and then we'd stand up at eight o'clock and be like, have we been sitting on this couch the last seven <laughs> hours? Holy shit. Like, we should move and do something. Let's just start furiously working out to make up for that lost time. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to cope with the day of, like, 30 wings and whatever amount of beers that you can I've had three slices of pizza today. You're going to have to start running with yeah. clams on that pizza. That pizza that, was it looks tight. real good. I can't wait to it have was dang. Um, let's do the the religion conversation that you you sort of started, <laughs> started to do, poked into it a little bit. Um, why don't you think that you can break down beliefs with? I, I won't say statistics, no, but just like analysis, you can. You obviously can. I just knew you were going to take it to like a, <laughs> a, a comedic level. Yeah, because it's funny. Yeah. Religion's so Religion funny. Where like Moses mean. had a thirty-five percent chance to part the sea, and he got very lucky. There's that a lot he, of that he hit on it. Well, do you know the the David and Goliath thing from Malcolm Gladwell's story about what actually? I mean, it's not even a real story. Like that metaphor the is, fake is wrong. Statistics, Everyone yeah. Because um, <laughs> the, the reason the reason that Goliath is so big is because he had some some like destructive illness like that was going to make him die. He had like Yao Ming. He couldn't <laughs> see. <laughs> yeah. He no, was blind. Sun, what was his name? Sun Ming Ming? Sun, uh, I think that was the guy. He basically yeah, had a George def- Merson. He was like the same size. He as had that. a deformity. That he had a deformity that made him like giant. gigantism, yeah. I think. Right, but it also makes you blind. So yeah. he should lose the fight. And then, But he was like so uncoordinated. Right. His limbs are too big for his body. He's so slow. Can't see. Yeah. People think he was the favorite. Well, then there's David who like supposedly can throw rocks like with the velocity of a bullet coming out of a 45 caliber pistol and he is like pinpoint accuracy and he's shooting at a blind guy from like across the mountain like how is he gonna lose <laughs> <laughs> there's, just, 
no way. Like he clearly was supposed to win. There's no alternative reality where where like any other result I like happens. That. That's funny. So like yeah, Moses. I guess like the the sea. I don't know. I mean, there's there's morals to be learned from the stories. Like don't count out the underdog or like you know, that fucking bullshit. God. But that's like don't the, count out the underdog who actually is the favorite exactly. because he was supposed well, to win. Well, let's make you <laughs> think this person was the underdog. No, the moral of the story the is bet on the underdog that the narrative is I mean bet on the favorite that the narrative is painting the underdog. Right. Because if you bet on David, you would have made a shit ton of money. Right. Take the Celtics against the Knicks. Like the, oh, the Knicks are the narrative. This is I'm, this is dated, but yeah. Yeah, what this what year is this? 2 years ago. I'm doing 2 years ago. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You know the, the year where the more, Knicks were. You know what's even more important than statistics? Context. Yes, that's true. <laughs> two years ago, I'm making a 2014 Knicks. <laughs> Jesus, go Christ. back to NBA 2014. Oh here. my God! Well, that's like the last time I remember. I don't know. Um, the what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the Moses thing you were bringing up. Like, no, it's not about the probability of the events would have occurred anyway. It's like um, what I would get into is the fact that it's wired into our brains to see patterns like narratives in sports and that translates to religion also it's the same problem it's the fact that like we can't exist i mean it's hard to exist as human beings if there's no story to to harp on mm-hmm. or some cool narrative to fixate on because life would be pretty boring if it's just like this team won. This team won. Just right. like there's this no event happened. We need to tie it together happened. somehow. We need, we need to, to make score. people like stories. Yeah. And yeah. religion is just a fucking bullshit story. So like, it's not any different. Well, the it's objective just another of religion version. is to like train people to be good. It's like to train teach kids like this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. And it's like I get the 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 idea of that, and I get wanting to teach kids these stories so they make good life choices and aren't fucking pieces of shit. But, like, the part I don't get is, like, why do you got to tell them there's a guy keeping score? Why do you have to lie also? Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, well, you know, if you do enough of the good ones and, like, not that many bad ones and say sorry for for the bad ones, you're going to, like, be good when you die. It's like, why are you going to lie about that part? Like... (laughs) Just tell the, just teach the kids. Like, if the Bible was called How to Be a Good Person, it would be a better book. Yeah. But now it's like, right. it's a big fucking lie. Jordan about and I a guy were tra- keeping track of yeah. your actions in the Jordan style. and I were talking about, like, if we made a modern Bible, what would it look like and who would be the contributors? And it's all just atheists. And it's all just like, it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson and just like science people. Cause like that, you can be moral just knowing things. Yeah. Before we go more into this, Brandon, like, do you want to share your religious beliefs so I don't, like, step on your toes too much? No, but I don't care. I, I mean, I'm Jewish. Yeah, um, I guess I I'm pretty, am like, also. pragmatic about it. I definitely, like, I think I, like, follow, I have, like, a little bit of blind faith, like, just because, like, I think it's cool. But, like, I also acknowledge that it's nothing but blind faith. Yeah. Um... I, I don't know. Like, I don't go out preaching religion one way or the other, but... I, I, I kind of just take the approach you guys are taking. Just, like, be a good person and the rest will figure itself out. Yeah. Um, and then I just base it around the infrastructure of Judaism just because that's what I know. Like, right. I feel like I would be a very similar person if I was Jewish, Catholic, Hindu, otherwise, aside from the cultural. Well, I mean, if you were born in, in like, in the Middle East, in in Syria, like, you'd be Muslim. Yes, of course. But I'm saying, like, if I was born in Warren, New Jersey, and my parents raised me Muslim... Or if I was born in New Jersey and right. my parents raised the me rest Jewish, of the context I think the I would be yeah. pretty similar. I just based off Judaism because that's where my knowledge is. So do you think you did it because you were 
forced into it, or not like forced into it, but like it's how you were raised and it's what your family did before. Because like I was raised with no religion whatsoever, so I could kind of like make a choice with it, and I chose to just not believe anything. So you saying like you you you're Jewish because you were just raised into it and like you just accepted it? As- I think that's part of it. I mean, I think there is a aspect of human personality. You know, whether you call it spirituality, whether you call it, I don't know, de- devoutness, like whatever term you want to place on it, there is a part of human personality that questions the things that religions, I don't want to use the word answer, but that religion addresses. Yeah, and, okay. you know, I'm definitely the kind of person who, my whole life, not like questioned it like to the point of like causing me stress, but I almost like find it fun to just like have those internal dialogues and see like what thoughts and conclusions you could come up with when challenging the larger questions in life. So to your to answer your question of did I just become Jewish because I was quote unquote forced to be, yeah. I think the answer is I just used Judaism to, you know, apply verbiage, apply examples, apply answers to the questions right, I was having okay. in my head naturally. Yeah, it was your way of understanding. So the answer the is yes, right I now. became Jewish because I was forced to be but I think, like I said before, I would have connected to any religion. The right, because it's relevant to how you're being raised. Exactly. Yeah, it was just teaching, like I said, that Because those questions still exist yeah. in, in whatever religion you are. You know, why am I doing this? How do I act with this person? You know, what happens, you know, after we all pass away? Those things mm-hmm. exist in any religion, and then you just answer it. It's almost like, you know, I, I always try to describe it. It's like, you know, religion is... Kind of like you're traveling down a river and the flow of, you know, whatever you want to call it, God, energy, like whatever. That's the big one, the energy. Whatever term, like, whatever <laughs> term you want to apply to it, in my analogy, that word is the current of the river. So therefore, if you're going directly upstream, you're going to have a difficult time. If you're going directly in line with the current, you're going to be traveling easier. So that's like whether you're being a good person or a bad person. And I think all religions are are just different kind of like maps to navigate the river. The problem with that, though, is that all of those maps, if you just take the foundations of them, like the texts are horrible maps for how to live your life. Like condoning slavery, women should have to wear the things over their faces. Don't be gay. You can't be gay. You get like if your daughter gets raped, you stone her to death because she's shamed the family. Like these things are written in the Bible and the Quran and like they're they're terrible and people have adapted they've they've implemented their own feelings just through experience into the religion. So like now okay, it says we should have slaves like but we now we know it's wrong. So the fact that we use the texts at all seems ridiculous because we just we, we're making our own choices anyway. The texts have no bearing on morality. It's basically, let's figure out, we have this text, let's remove all the bad stuff and just use like the 8% of it that is okay, that aligns with what we already thought anyway. Why not just go with what you already thought anyway? Like there is, there is no help. And I guess I've gotten more lately into the, it's, it's more extreme than your viewpoint for sure where not only is the lens that you like the the religion as the lens you mm-hmm. perceive That's it through, what I was getting. right? I think that those lenses are really really destructive because it's changing the the truth. Yeah, because if you don't understand if you don't understand death, for instance, right? Like maybe there's some some transcendence of consciousness after people die where like something happens. But if you think that you're actually going to be reborn as another person or like you're going to live in heaven and have a better life than you lived on earth, 
then you don't understand suffering. Like then you can justify killing yourself or anyone. It's, it's like, it's kind of insane. And there's so many contradictions within it too. Um, I think my, my favorite example of this would be something like a, um, a really good, like an, just a kid. I mean, you can't say the kid is bad for any reason. He's just like a 10 year old kid. By all accounts, he's, he's an innocent by all accounts, great kid. And the kid dies. And now the parents who believe in heaven are mourning this kid for months. Like the kid is going to heaven now. Like how can isn't you? Isn't that what you wanted? Isn't that isn't that the goal? The kid, before anything bad happened to him, died and is going to heaven. He suffered a painless death. He got shot in the head randomly or something. Like he's great. He, everything was fine. He didn't feel a thing. And he's now in heaven. And the parents are now mourning him. But I thought you just said that heaven's a good thing. Yeah. Like how can you, you should dedicate how your entire can you be, life to getting to? Right. The kid just won the fucking lottery. He's going to the place. Yeah, he's getting salvation. To fuck it up. Like the, these people that believe in this stuff, they don't. I feel like I don't want to call them stupid, but like they haven't thought the thing through. They, I feel like it's just a lazy way that like their parents said, this is what we believe. And this is just what we believe. And it, it makes you appreciate things less like that. It sucks. That kid's not around anymore. It's not good that he's in heaven. It actually is bad. His yeah. life is over. There was so much he could have achieved and now he's gone and you don't get to mourn the way you should. He could have been the next to Sean Jackson. Yeah, I mean, Brian. <laughs> we're assuming the kid's black for some reason. I don't know why we're doing that. It's like, Whoa, I didn't assume he was black. black. I just thought he might be good at football. <laughs> well, like, what's the difference? <laughs> it's like the 401k thing, too. It's like you're saving up to spend this money later on. It's like, oh, you're living your life good to be have fun when you're dead. It's like, what's the fucking yeah, point right? to any of it? The, the people that... It, it's it's a huge contradiction because like spirituality is not religious inherently, but they're connected. I mean, praying is a spiritual practice, but spirituality is about being present. And if you're religious, you're not present because you're you're planning ahead for this afterlife thing all the time. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't add up if you like really okay, think about it. It doesn't. On, you touched on to a good point about being present. Yeah. So like for example, my dad. You know my dad really well. Or, you know, you know how my dad yeah. used to be. He's, like, he's insane. Like, he's just, like, too much energy for his own good, like, which is a, a great quality. You're Sometimes, saying, like, thinking about too many things at once yeah, and just, like, trying to be all over the place. Yeah, all over the place, caused him a lot of, like, personal stress. Recently, he became, quote-unquote, religious. Probably in a way that, like, you, that we've just been ripping on because he almost does it blindly. But the fact is... In practice, he now does some things, you know, like he wakes up in the morning and does tefillin. Yeah. You know, whether he's doing tefillin or whether he's doing that app headspace, the fact is he's doing some sort of meditation that is giving him a peace of mind. And that is a tangible result. Right, but why can't he just do headspace? Because headspace doesn't but lie But what makes to you. headspace better? Because it doesn't come with this whole other thing where you now are believing things that are fake. And... I feel like if you – you basically are taking a shortcut Maybe. to get to being content and it, it you're going to have problems later on with not understanding how things work. Like Maybe. if you have to make hard decisions, that's a problem. Maybe the problem is that problem. people are imperfect and hearing the guy on Headspace – you, have you ever done Headspace? Yeah. I do Headspace. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. I enjoy it. But at the end of the day, it's kind of dry. You know, the guy sure. is just telling you, you know, like deep breaths. Don't let your mind wander. So, like, maybe that's not enough for some people to be, like, compelled about. Maybe you need there to be, the like, we're talking about sports, the narrative. <laughs> right. Maybe you need the narrative, or otherwise you're just like, this is boring as hell. I'm just uh -huh. sitting here. 
So it's like maybe if you feel like you're sitting here because you're tapping into a larger narrative, that's what people need to do the act that is indisputably good for them. Right. If clearing your mind is good for you and you can only do clearing your mind if there's a larger story, then that might be why the larger story exists. Right. I don't th- – I the only part I disagree w- with you on that is that you need it because this is actually something I just wrote about like the last blog post I made where – Meaning and stuff is is detrimental for people to believe in stuff that's fake is bad for a lot of reasons. But we need we like it's in our brains. It's hardwired in. Like that's part of I don't know whatever it is evolution or something. Like brains need narratives. We need stories to like just it's how you like just make it easier. Things. Yes, it's yeah. how you process. It's like how you can read a sentence because you remember that words are uh, like they're a combination. Together. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm not saying it's easy to just choose headspace over a narrative like a an entertaining story, but just acknowledging that it's better if you could do it means that it's worth going for. I mean, it's not for some people might need religion if they're just so torn and all over the place. I don't even think your dad is this, but I guess I haven't seen him in a long time. Um, but if you're so torn, then maybe you need just a really simple, straightforward answer. But for like, if you started out your life, if you started teaching children truth over that stuff from the beginning, that wouldn't be necessary. Like, I feel like a lot of that stress and anxiety and like, I don't understand the world. The problems are a result of all the ridiculous religious teachings that we get as, as young kids. Like it takes a while to shed all of that bullshit. Yeah. I feel you. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, it, it's in a weird way. It's similar to the NFL thing. It's like, Religion was existed because there are people, like, we're in a conversation, you know, with three people who are just objectively good people. Sure. But there are also... Uh, you don't know me that well, buddy. No, I know what you mean. You know what I mean. Like, you're yeah. not going around... We're not rapists and murderers. We're not ISIS. Like here. And not even, not even to that level, like, we're not, like, out there swindling people. Right. We're, like, putting people down to make ourselves feel better. But the, the problem is those people do exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it almost becomes like the hunter and the prey analogy. It's like, well, if there are these people who are exist, then there needs to be the people who rationalize why those people exist. And like, it, it's kind of like in a Tom Sawyer, where it's like, he's talking, he's having a conversation with himself. And he says, if doing good, no, sorry, if doing bad brings me no pain, but doing good is hard and both actions bring me the same amount of money, why would I do good? So it's like, it is factual that doing bad is quote-unquote easier. Successful people are probably as a whole worse than unsuccessful people, like morally. Yes, exactly. Being being like the the stereotypical... I don't know, like uh, loose or I don't know, whatever the term is, the the guy that swindles people, I guess, the con artist or whatever. Like that mm-hmm. guy's going to do really well financially. So then the question is, nice so now guy. you're at the decision point and you're looking at the way that Tom Sawyer looked at it. You know, I'm going to get the same amount of money. One doesn't bring me any pain. One is hard. So why would I do the one that's hard? So maybe I think religion might come in because it's, even if it's fake. It's the easy way out. It's, it's not easy, but it's like you need to give this argument more strength because we understand that this is what needs to happen. How do we get people to behave this way? I think there's different. I don't know. I, that's not a real people. full thought. I want to preface. No, no, no. That. We'll no, get no, no, yeah. I'm making this thought as it's I'm going on. It's good to work on. through podcast because I don't think it's. I think there's a lot of gray area with everything. I mean, I think there's people that are inherently good. I think there's people that 
are inherently bad. And I think there's people in certain situations that require them to act certain ways. So like, yes, there are people out there that rape and kill and murder and steal because Regard- they like They could be any religion. Well, no, th- there's, di- there's even different ways about it too, because like, there's people who are mentally ill. Like this, this is gonna sound like a fucked up conversation, but pedophiles, people who are attracted to children and get off on fucking kids, like that's something that's programmed in your brain that you don't really have a choice over. And like you can't really, there are pedophiles out there that can't fix the fact that they're attracted to children. But we've labeled their fetish as evil and bad and illegal, and we punish them instead of trying to help them. But how do you help a pedophile to not be attracted to kids? It's like trying to tell someone who's gay to be straight. It's like, yeah, that it's was very hard. It's the same thing. Right, like we don't, we don't help these people. But then there's also people who, you know, they go out and steal and swindle people, but maybe because they lost their job and their kid has hospital bills they need to pay or else they're going to fucking die. But then there's also people that go out and swindle and steal people just because it's easy and it's profitable and lucrative to it. So I don't think that you know, looking at these people that we label bad, if we say, man, they would have been good if they had religion or if they had some kind of moral structure or code to live their life by, if they were raised with that, inherently they would have been better. But the it's just like it's tricky based on the circumstances that people are in because some people do have that inherent weirdness or you know what we've labeled evil or bad in them, but some people their situation determines it. I don't think religion really has much to do with those factors. No, it's I think you guys are you have argued the case by case part where it's like on an individual level what Brandon's saying is some people need a certain thing and we have to look at it from their perspective but on the whole like what Sturm's saying you can't just you can't appease everyone is that sort of what you're getting yeah. at like yeah. it's not productive to say well that this is what makes this person happy but like that guy needs god to stop fucking right. dudes it's right. like no the guy's gay just let him be gay you right know? Like, like, who cares god's yeah. not going to make him not gay and if he's not gay he's not going to be a good person now it's like well, who fucking cares it's right. just you're who not he gonna, is. there are some things that are built into the people where it's like you can't just say whatever the whatever the shortest way to get to well, like to fairness or right? I think there's a better way to say that. Whatever the easiest way to make that person fit into society and be okay, just like the easiest way to make that person normal, we should just do that. I think it's going to be really counterproductive because then you have you can't appease everybody. It's just too hard. There's and it's two things I want to say um, that are just not on one side or the other, just like kind of broader thoughts that I've had while we've had this conversation. Sure. One, religion innately is kind of fucked up because it's the practice. Oh, yeah, of course. It, but no, no, but what I'm getting at, it's like... It's I the, agree so it's much. It's the practice Ding, of, ding, ding. Oh, yeah, don't, don't jump on that because that's keep, like you what you want to hear. Okay, yeah, so okay. Religion innately is kind of messed up because it's the practice of people telling other people how to act. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's like trying to... Like a trying scripted... To, exactly. Do trying, this. To, trying to influence behavior at mass. So at, 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 a, at a whole, I mean, at its base level, it's kind of very intrusive. It's telling people how to act. Then the other thought I had is, you know, maybe religion is so imperfect because at its base level, what it's trying to do is address people's imperfections. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to to attack imperfections without being imperfect. Like, like just like the average of negative five and five is zero. But the average of zero and zero is also zero. So if you're right, dealing you with a negative yeah. five, you need a five to get it to zero. So because we're dealing with something that's so deep on the scale, it needs to almost be 
imperfect in right, itself. Right, but hold on, quick counter to that. The other way to get negative five to zero is just get an infinite multiply supply. Multiply by of five, you can just kill them all. Like, <laughs> multiply by zero, no, 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 you can no, just no. kill them well, all. We're doing it, we're doing it, we're just doing addition. We're just doing addition. So I can't, I, you can't use that math trick. <laughs> um, I like it though. No, no, no. It, it's if you have a negative five and then just an infinite number of zeros where the average just recedes as, cl- as close to zero as you can get. Like if you have enough yeah. good people, it sort of cancels out the bad. But, but you can't do that because you don't have control over like human production. We don't have control, but like if if there was a movement starting now where anyone who's thirty and under that doesn't have kids yet started teaching their kids. Not religious beliefs, but just truth. This is what I know. This is what I think you should do to be a good person. It's not based on what I've learned. Basically, like every parent, everyone our age in our generation becomes not an atheist where it's like there's definitely no God, but just like a rational person. We're like, maybe there's a God, but I don't know. Let's let's not pray to it because we don't. The chance of me dying and waking up in a heavenly clouded place. Right. Like we're not going to just lie about this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we have a whole new generation. It's not, though, because... I guess what I'd say is my religion, which I hate to, I hate to generalize or like put it in a category as just because atheism is not a religion. It's a lack of belief. I mean, that atheism in and of itself is uh, it's going against the idea of organized religion. So it's like anti-organization. But here, but I'm no, no, but I'm different than that. So atheism, people look at as its own set of beliefs because it a lot of atheists believe there is no God. There is no this organized religion is bad. I'm literally saying don't believe at all. Just remove the word belief, no faith whatsoever. Just accept evidence. Like it's not I don't believe there's – it's not that I believe there's no God. It's that I don't believe there's a God. There's a big distinction there. It's not – I'm not I'm not sure yeah, there isn't one. I feel you. It's just I don't know. I'm pretty but sure there's prob- there, there, I, I don't – the belief that there is one is not there. I actually think there is a God mathematically – because I just don't know if that God is conscious or not. Because at the end of the well, day, well, but then like, then, then what is, is that? God? <laughs> yeah, well, then it's not. There's some um, force though driving things forward. There, because it's like an object at rest will stay at rest, and that is life, and that is so. Maybe God is just time. Like you know what I mean? But there is some yeah, but force why, that is driving everything. But calling it God, that association. Yeah, is why sort do you of have like, to label something? Why can't time just be time? Time is time. Okay, fine. Time is time. But the, 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 I guess what I'm saying is I don't define God as God. I define okay. God as the driving force. Rip, so you, whatever you want to call but it. But you realize so you, that using the God term lumps you in with what people well, would associate yeah, as God. The dri- driving force for what? Human life? Just like events in general. Yeah, you talking, hold on. You're talking like about the cosmos and yeah, the, the universe co- yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like if I, if I do something, like karma. Like, do you guys actually, do you believe in karma? No, not at all. Really? Not at all? Zero. Like, why would that exist? Because karma's like, it's just like the ripple effect. It's the, it's just like the, the manifestation of the ripple effect. Like, if you do good things, like, like, good this, things let's, like, I, I, if, you, if I do enough good things to good people, and then they go out and live their own isolated lives, promoting me as a person, and somehow that news gets back to someone who then I interact with later sure. in life. That's karma, but that's only because that's I didn't, not, just like the NFL thing, like, I didn't see what was going on off camera. Those things were still happening. Right, but that's not what people mean when they say karma. That's like, I would say everything happens for a reason because there's a cause and effect for everything. That's what your interpretation of karma is. It's just, like, mathematically speaking, in so a very I logical think, way. But that's not, that's not like a, there's no mysticism I involved guess, in your... I guess uh, something that I do and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before when you asked me am I 
Jewish because I was forced to be. It seems that we think very similarly. I just try to apply it to the existing nomenclature of religion. Like I try to right. find the religious concepts yeah. that are told to me and then apply them in a logical sense to the life I experience. Yeah. Well, you're just I'm trying to apply it to, to a to new nothing. thing. A yeah. new well, thing. I feel like you're kind of you're feeling that like it needs an application to it, whereas we feel like it doesn't need an application. Like we can just like see the world. And say, like, okay, this is this because of this scientific factor or this time or whatever else. And, like, you're kind of seeing it is that there has to be some explanation for it in some ways. And that, you know, these, you know, the, the Jewish religion is a way of, you know, faith. And this is how I'm understanding my situations around us. Whereas we're kind of just saying, like, that isn't But necessary. now I'm going to get to what I was saying before. Well, Would hold on, you before, two consider go ahead, go ahead. yourselves above the baseline level of, you know, analytical? Like, would you consider yourself, like, compared to the average person across the planet, above average or below average in terms of, like, you know, being able to... Just rational... process, yeah, analyze... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Religion maybe isn't even meant for you guys because the, oh, it goes not. back to what I was saying of course. before. <laughs> it needs to be able to tell the people who can't rationalize, But I don't think analyze. there's that many of the... If you remove religion first, I don't think you're left with that many people that can't do it. Like, I think there's a, there's a lot of arrogance from atheists in general. I, I really don't want to fall into this category, but a lot of atheists are like this, where they'll say, these people are dumb enough where they need religion, but I'm better than them. I don't need it. I don't think that that's true. I think that we've just gotten to the point... We just happen to be at this point where we don't need it. But if the right things broke for the other people that do sort of need it, like quote unquote need it, then th- th- they wouldn't need it either. Well, they just need it because they've been taught religion for so long. Now they're stuck. But if they weren't taught it to begin with, they wouldn't. You wouldn't look at them as a dumb person. You wouldn't look at them as irrational. You would just they would be ra- they'd be more rational for having not been lied to their whole lives. Yeah, and it's part of the narrative part too because I think people need incentive to do things, whatever it may be, whether you pay a membership to go to the gym and work out, you're not going to work out if you're not paying that membership. Or it's like, you need to live a good life so when you die, you go to heaven. Right, that, it's, it's, it's all incentivized. Yeah. Whereas I think we don't care about the incentive of going to heaven. We're like, we don't care about you know, getting something returned for our money, whatever. We're just kind of like, whatever. Like, life yeah. is life. We're going to die, so nothing really matters. It's much. almost nihilistic, but it's not quite. I think this is why it's not quite, and it touches on the karma thing that you said about the ripple effect, because even if you're talking about the not mystical form of karma, like, there's the generally accepted definition of karma is that you being good produces some sort of energy where good things will happen to you. What you're, what you're saying is it's not an energy. It's just cause and effect. I'm being nice. People be nice to each other. And there's a chain reaction where niceness comes back to me. Yeah. But you're still then – some of you is being nice just so that nice you can get the selfish. niceness back. Yeah. And I think that there's something – more ethical about being good to people just to do it. Like, not because good things will happen to me later. It's a completely selfless thing where it's like, I want good things to happen to people rather than I want to pay off like heaven. I'm a good person because I'll go to heaven. Not I'm a good person just because that's, that's what I believe. That's what I think. That's what the, my brain says to do. I should be good and I will just be good. I don't care if I get any rewards for it. So I think it's, that's probably the one area that I think Sturm and I will both say that we do sort of have this elitist view that if we're being nice to people, it's because we we generally we like really genuinely feel like we should be nice to them, not because like we're gonna get something out of it. So I guess I don't know that um, 
that kind of summarizes the whole perspective I have. Just like be good to no, be I good. See, Don't be good side. just to get things. Well, like everyone's selfish, really. I mean, religion, you could say is selfish, like be good so good things happen to you. Like where you can say that we're being selfish too. Like, yeah, we should be, but we're doing it because it's, you know, prosperous well, why, why, for ourselves. Right, why, do you, for, why are you good to people then if it's not religion, right? Like, yeah, can here's, you, here's because here's I like them, I care about them. Here's right, the, exactly. That's, that's, there's something, but like, I think that's the biggest point though. To be good to someone because you like them and you care about them. Like to donate to charity as an atheist means so much more than to donate to your church because you're donating like you really care about this cause or you just care about the well-being of people. It's so much more than just this ripple effect will come back to me. And I think that everyone could get to this point of caring about other people. It's just religion is blocking it. It's an impediment to like actually understanding how you should behave. That's fair. There's, there's, I have a... Well, first I want to make a comment, just because we have, it's the one thing we haven't touched on about religion. Go for it. The culture aspect of it. Yeah. You know, how many people did we grow up with that loved being Jewish just because they got to be Jewish? Right. I just went to Birthright this summer. It was awesome. Like, like, I, I loved it. Yeah, so, I loved it. Yeah. It's so a community. Like, it's tough because, like, if we're, because, like, I feel like in a way what you're talking about is, like, how do we begin to disassemble the religious like the this, the religious foundations that exist in this world. I'm not saying like you're going to go out there and do it. You're just conceptually talking about how would we begin to disassemble it. Right. And it's the pro. A, 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 if you were to try to do that, a major impediment in your mission would be even if you could convince all the Jews in the world that atheism and Judaism are just synonymous. Just like atheism has a little less bullshit tied to it, they still probably wouldn't become atheists because you can never replicate Jewish culture. Right. They could never like send their kids to you know. Right. We're almost Jewish... stuck. It's already all the foundation right. is already there. It would take a very long time for people to be comfortable reassembling communities. Exactly. It's not an immediate thing. It's not even close. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm, it's I more definitely than acknowledge religion that. because it's like it's, it's culture. Religion and culture, religious culture and cultural culture are the same thing. Right. Yeah, and I think that it's like a, a problem I have with religion is like I, I have no problem with someone choosing to be Jewish or choosing to be a Catholic or choosing to be atheist, whatever. If that's what you like, go for it. That's yours. Do it. But I, my big problem with religion is that they try to enforce their beliefs on other people. It's like a tr if you grow up in you. Africa and like you're in this tribe worshiping this wooden idol yeah. somewhere, you don't know anything else. That's your religion. That's your God. But then these white people come in and say, no, 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 you're wrong. Like this is what it's well, actually like. To do a like. plug for Judaism, that's a, a, one of the major, like the best aspects of Judaism is one of the few major religions that doesn't promote conversion. Right. But at the same that's time, true. they don't like mixing with outside. Because I have a lot of friends whose parent who won't date someone outside of the Jewish race because their parents won't accept yeah. it. Also, there's this funny thing that yeah, sort of... like we wouldn't get laid otherwise. Like, <laughs> if you were to remove the cultural aspect of religion, like, I would, my hand job count would go down to, like, two when I was, like, a, a teenager. Do you know, um, do you know the thing about having to be single from when you go on birthright, like, it's, you're not supposed to be in a relationship? Yeah. Have, you've done it, right? Because mm -hmm. um, they want you to marry another Jew. Well, you right. know, at least my birthright, my note, if you marry another Mayanote person, my note will pay for your wedding. Right. That's yeah. crazy. There's a lot of incentives. Yeah, a lot of to, fucking money. But <laughs> they're have a big fucking wedding. Well, is there a cap on like how many people you get to invite? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, but their goal in doing that is to further oh, their their race, right? Yeah, there's there's less of that with Judaism than other religions, but there's it's still there. Definitely still exists. Yeah, it's just I guess it's one of the better yeah, ones. You don't really see Jews going out and trying to convert well, non-Jews. Yeah, that the, much. the, the like, marriage but they don't thing, like mixing outside. The marriage yeah. thing yeah. is different than the 
actively converting people. The Jews right. have never gone on a crusades before. Yeah. Right. Not just because we weren't strong enough. It it's, was, it's maybe a small factor. It's because you, you had your own thing. You didn't care what other people yeah. thought. Although when I was at the Western Wall, they were trying real hard to like get me to do the to fill in thing and like come on, like be more religious and stuff. And it, like, but they different. follow you around the whole fucking place. What is like, to fill in? It's um. I mean, Brandon, you is want to like explain? Praying? Yeah, you're it's gonna like know a, better than me. Brr, I'm gonna make myself look dumb. Um, it's like one of the like covenants. It's like one of the early things that God said to Abraham, and it basically was interpreted. It's something like you'll wrap something on your wrists and your forehead. And it basically was just like a way to... It's like a ritual? It's a ritual. It's a ritual. And the way it's manifested is now there's these leather ropes uh, tied to like... There's like a box basically that has like leather ropes in it. You put one on your head like a hat, one in your hand, and you just like ritually tie it like up your wrist and like down the back of your neck. And then you begin to choke yourself and masturbate. And it's not kidding. Oh, dude, this sounds dope. Let me get a little to fill in. The Western Wall was really weird. It's basically just like it's basically just like a daily ritual, just like meditation. Um, That's supposed to connect you to the. And inside the box is actually a piece of Torah scripture. So it's supposed to just be like you're getting more connected to your religion. More, it's an energy kind of thing. But it's definitely like one of the like the weirder aesthetically traditions because like. You're covered in black leather and boxes on your head and wrist, yeah, and it takes a while. Weird. So it's definitely one of the weirder ones from an outside. But it's a ritual. It's yeah. The, seeing that done in like it, when there's a lot of people doing it together, it's it's kind of a scary thing to watch. Like seeing a really really religious service, which I guess at Temple Harshalom we didn't really see ever. Uh, we just played poker, but it, it it's like I do have one question about sure. this whole conversation. What were we trying to conclude? Um, well, here's okay. Here's one thing. Do we is, need a is, conclusion though? He's back to his narrative right. here. He needs conclusions. Here's, here's, it's, no, I can. <laughs> well, but then I, I then then I then it's very nihilist. It's like, well, what's the point? Ugh. I I'm almost there. Stern and I are probably as close to nihilism as you can get before you'd actually be called that. Because like, I should definitely read this article that I just wrote. I'll promote. Yeah, preachingsense.com. How many times you want to plug it? Plugging my <laughs> own thing on my own thing. Um, it's basically. Stuff matters to your life, but I don't think anything matters in a grand sense at all. And you don't need conclusions. Like, I'll do one for this because I think we do have some conclusions, but I don't think we need conclusions in general. Um, the, the idea that football, the thing that makes us like football is kind of the same brain process that makes us like religion. I think I that's do. sports and religion are so similar. I think that's a big conclusion. Sports that and religion we are very come similar. Come to in any conversation. Yeah. Well, because then otherwise, then you're just like. These they just fall into the category of escapes because then otherwise you're just worker right. Beasts. If if religion was relegated to the way that people view like the zodiac and shit, then that would be awesome. Like people can be religious, I don't care, but to to think that it's this this whole thing where you're actually um, you're actually teaching people good values and true things like it's ridiculous. So yeah, let's just turn religion into into astrology, and then that would be good. That's how I would make the world a better place. I definitely don't disagree with you. Yeah. Um, there's this... I also just all of a sudden lost my urge to argue against you. <laughs> I, wonder, I, wonder why that, I wonder why that came from. I'm cool with stopping now. We did... Uh, yeah, this we is probably our longest over. one. That was cool. Yeah? Yeah. yeah I think there usually... was a little bit of rambling in the beginning. That was I think it was rambling for the entire time, but that's fine. That's what a podcast <laughs> is, really. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. Stern, Stern partial co-host.